Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Zodiac Killer's son and Elva Zona Shoe. Tales of hot things, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we check out a Louisiana man who could be the infamous Zodiac Killer's son and a mysterious testimony from one Elva Zona Shoe. Get ready for scary mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number one. Zodiac Killer's Son The Zodiac Killer terrorized Northern California back in the late 60s. What makes the Zodiac so famous isn't just with the way he chose his victims or taunted police, but the fact that after all these years, no one knows who he was. But that could all change now. Gary L. Stewart made headlines when he first came out, released his book, and claimed his biological father, Earl Van Best Jr., was the Zodiac Killer. Gary was born in New Orleans, but he was abandoned as a baby in a Baton Rouge stairwell. He was later put up for adoption and spent much of his life living in Louisiana. When he turned 39, his birth mother, Judy, reached out to him for the first time, and it was after this that he began looking for his real father. During his search, he discovered his dad was Earl Van Best Jr. Throughout his research, Stewart kept detailed notes in his journal. And once, when he was watching television, the show flashed a 1969 wanted poster on the screen from the San Francisco Police Department. As he watched, his heart stopped while letting out an audible scream. His son ran into the room to see what was going on, and he also saw the wanted poster. He then exclaimed, Dad, it's you. 
Stewart headed out of the room to get the only photo of his father, Van Best, and he told his son it wasn't him, but it was his father. It took Stewart years of forensic research before he came to the conclusion that his father, Earl Van Best Jr., was the Zodiac Killer. He published his thoughts and presented his case in a book in 2014 called The Most Dangerous Animal of All. So who is Earl Van Best Jr.? He was already a shady figure, even when he was young. At 28, he made newspaper headlines after he started a predatory relationship with a 13-year-old girl named Judy Chandler after meeting her at an ice cream parlor. The two married and she got pregnant with their son at 15, and this was Gary L. Stewart. Because Judy was underage, Van Best was charged with statutory rape and then put in prison. Eventually, Van Best abandoned his son and wife completely. With Stewart claiming Van Best Jr. is the Zodiac, naturally, people are curious about what evidence he has, and he points to several things. According to him, Van Best had a violent streak towards animals and women. He was also paroled on July 12, 1965, right before his 31st birthday. Less than a year after this, the first of the Zodiac killings happened. There's also a good resemblance between Judy Chandler and the female victims of the Zodiac. Stewart also presented that aside from the resemblance between Van Best and the sketch of the Zodiac, their handwriting is also a possible match. The sample of Van Best's handwriting was taken from his marriage certificate. However, someone contested this and said the handwriting was of the priest and not of Van Best. Stewart adds that there's a connection between Van Best and Chronicle writer Paul Avery. It said Avery had written several articles about Van Best and his relationship with Judy. Avery allegedly titled it as the Ice Cream Romance. Best was incensed by this, and that's why he addressed the threatening Halloween card to Avery in the pseudonym of the Zodiac. More compelling evidence, according to Stewart, is that the initials of Van Best are said to be embedded inside the Zodiac's letters deciphered text. But many disagree. This cipher, some of which remains unsolved, indicates Best's name. As for DNA evidence, officers have a partial DNA of the Zodiac killer after it was obtained from a piece of a stamp in one of the letters that he had sent. Stewart said officers have taken two swabs from him at different times to compare his DNA with the Zodiac. The result only showed they can't rule out Van Best Jr. as the possible killer. Other evidence is that he lived in California at the time the Zodiac was active. What's more, he loved ciphers when he was younger. Even though Van Best Jr. was charged with rape, Stewart believes his recordings are being sealed by police. He thinks, in reality, Van Best Jr. has committed other heinous crimes that the police won't reveal. Stewart and his co-author, Susan Mustafa, believe they're onto something with their findings and evidence, but many argue there is little proof pointing to Van Best Jr. as the Zodiac Killer. For now, the Zodiac case remains open. Number 2. Elva Zona Shoe It's not every day a murder gets solved. Some take years, others remain in limbo for decades. 
But on occasion, a murderer is caught and found guilty under the most unusual circumstances. It was January 23, 1897, at 10 a.m., when an errand boy found Elvis Shue's body. She was lying on the floor of their house. She was face down at the foot of the stairs, with one arm tucked underneath her chest and the other extended out. Her head was also pointing to one side. Authorities were informed her husband, Edward Trout Shue, had arrived before the coroner, Dr. George Knapp. Instead of leaving it alone to preserve evidence, he took his wife's remains to the bedroom and dressed her in a high-neck gown. When the coroner arrived and started examining Zona's body, Shu suddenly began sobbing hysterically, cradling his wife's shoulders and head. Out of respect for the husband, Dr. Knapp stopped his examination and signed off on her death as due to everlasting faint. During the wake, Shu continued to behave strangely. The moment the casket was open for viewing, he placed a scarf around his dead wife's neck and propped her head up with a pillow and blanket. Shu then went on to create a show of grieving and crying over his dead wife that hardly anyone managed to take a good look at her. Everyone believed the death of Elvis Shu was due to natural causes and no one suspected her husband except for one person, Elvis' mother, Mary Jane Heaster. Mary Jane suspected foul play in her daughter's death, exclaiming it was the work of the devil. A religious woman, Mary Jane prayed every night asking for the Lord to let her know what happened. In the following nights, Mary Jane began seeing her daughter's ghost inside her room. The ghost of Elva initially didn't want to reveal what happened, but it later opened up and told her exactly what had occurred in the course of four nights. Elva's ghost said Shu was always abusive and her death was the result of a violent fight over a meal the night before she was found lying dead in their home. Shu had strangled Elva so hard it crushed her windpipe and snapped her neck at the first joint, according to the ghost. As if to prove the dislocation of her neck, the ghost turned its head to 180 degrees just to demonstrate. Mary Jane reported what happened to authorities. She was so compelling in her statement, the local prosecutor, John Preston, reopened Elva's case. During that investigation, the prosecutor found out Shu had a history of violent behavior. In a different state, he served time in jail for thefts and assaults. He was married before, with one of his wives dying under suspicious circumstances. By this time, the community had begun to notice Shu was acting odd and saying things like, No one would ever prove I killed Zona. Preston decided to exhume Zona's body so a proper post-mortem examination could be done. Three medical doctors examined the exhumed body on February 22, 1897. They all agreed the official cause of death was anoxia from manual strangulation and it was compounded with a broken neck. The victim also had bruises from finger marks on her neck, her esophagus was misshapen, and her first joint, the CI atlas and C2 axis, were fractured. Shu was summoned for an inquest, but he was unable to provide an alibi at the time of Zona's death and was then charged with murder. At the trial, the prosecution didn't want to call on Mary Jane as a witness because they feared her ghost story would damage their chances of winning the case. But the defense called her to testify, 
Despite the scrutiny, Mary Jane recounted what she experienced in detail. A full transcript of her statement is still available in the West Virginia State Archives. Even though the defense kept suggesting what she experienced was nothing more than a dream, Mary Jane was adamant it wasn't. For her, Zona was in the same room with her and told her all those things. The jury retired for an hour and a half to discuss the evidence and the case. When they came back, they found Trout Shue guilty of murdering his wife and sentenced him to life in prison. He later died in the epidemic three years later. This is the only case so far where testimony and evidence coming from a ghost ever resulted in a conviction. So there were two of the most frightening and ghostly stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted 2 is sure to show you why. We have new videos coming out every Wednesday and Saturday that we know you'll want to check out. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you soon.